not that we ought to celebrate it just once, but Mother's, Mother's Day should be celebrated on a regular basis. There's nothing really more powerful than a mother to, that operates in her family, fulfills the obligations and the responsibilities as a mother. In fact, as you may have noticed, I didn't bring this Sunday school book out this morning. I felt early in the first part of this week to not actually teach the lesson. It's a beautiful lesson. We may come back sometime Wednesday night or sometime. It's a powerful lesson. It's about prayer. It's about keeping us from temptation. If you haven't read the lesson, I'd encourage you to do that. Let me say along with Brother Barry, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. And thank God for godly mothers. What a challenge that we're living in today, not just because of the coronavirus, but the challenge of our society and the world that we're living in. That God would bless us with godly mothers. And that's what I'm going to preach on this morning. So this whole, whole service, in one sense, is going to be directed in your direction. A man of thanks and appreciation for godly mothers. I have a feeling that our world... Amen. He's give focus and praise in the wrong directions for mothers. Trying to fashion and mold them and even at times playing the cards of downplaying the power and the influence of a housewife. Of a mother that manages the home. That has the most impact upon but not only just bearing and birthing children. But helps shaping and molding them in the early days and years of their lives. That helps direct them. But I think it's God. God. God's one that put all this together. Amen. That whenever he created. And we're going to just talk about some of that today. Okay. Love you. Appreciate you. It's good to see each one of you here. God bless our singers and instrument players. That's put so much in to come. And thank you, Brother Barry, for the service and directing service this morning. Uh, I want to read one verse. It's going to be sweet and short. And then we're going to go from there. Um. It could be lengthy. I got about seven pages. I don't say that. I'm just trying to warn you ahead of time. So uh, I may not even take my watch out of my pocket. I may just leave it there. Amen. And uh, hopefully it won't get too hot. God bless. It was a pretty good, pretty nice day this morning, hadn't it? Not near as warm as it was last Sunday. And uh, hopefully it's a little more acceptable. We realize some's not here. Amen. Some's sick and not able to be here. Different things. And so let's continue to pray for them. Genesis, amen, 3 and 20. Genesis 3 and 20. Amen. Praise God. And I'll, I'll, I'll probably say a little bit more about mothers. Amen. Uh, even at the end of this service this morning. But I hope to say something here today. Out of the word of God. That will impact. That encourage. That uplift. That will put maybe an energy of strength. And, and, and show honor and respect. And to our godly mothers. Thank God for godly mothers here today. Amen. Genesis 3 and 20. Adam called his wife's name Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. Because she was the mother of all living. <laughs> Brother Barry had made mention that. And he, he liked it back to Brother Ford about none of us would be here without you and how true that is. And I'll make a few statements in this message this morning to help us realize the, the vessel called the mother, the woman, amen, 
Hallelujah. How God, even from the beginning, you remember this. God knew the ending from the beginning. God knew. Amen. God knew. Lord, we love you today. We pray for nothing but your heartbeat and will in this service this morning. Not only for those that's made their way into this parking lot, but God, possibly those that's listening out throughout this community. Maybe there is a mother that maybe nobody's called. Maybe there is a mother that nobody's took the time to tell them Happy Mother's Day. But we would like to at this time, God, to lift them up before you and to let you know that we thank you for every mother, but especially for godly mothers. Those that's humbled themselves, yielded themselves, have given themselves into your will, into your touch. Not just to bear children, but to God to raise them and to nurture them in the admonition of our Lord. To be an example unto them. And we ask you to help us here today. To bring forth your word with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And with the touch of God. And God it would find its place in each heart. And every soul. Not just to the mothers. But God it would be an encouraging word unto us. Even as dads. And as husbands. Amen. Your hand. Your power. Your glory. Your will. Will be here today as we give you all the glory and praise and honor for all of it. In that precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. God bless you. You may enter back your cars, trucks, sit, stand, do whatever you feel. Amen. What's best for you today? We may start out slow. I don't know how it's going to unfold. I really, I don't ever know. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes I may have ideas and opinions, and sometimes it goes that way, and other times it goes right the opposite. But I do hope and pray that what, what unfolds here this morning can penetrate the souls and penetrate the hearts. Amen. And, and assure how much we really appreciate godly mothers and godly wives that's willing to take on the task and take on the responsibility in the world that we're living in today. To, to be a, an example, amen, unto our children and to our people, amen. And not just to our own children and those that we birth, but how often, how many times, hallelujah, as they take on their role and responsibility, maybe as a foster parent, maybe through adoption, maybe through as a stepmother, or maybe you just become, amen, a mother in the community unto children and, and young girls or young boys possibly hallelujah but you take on that role amen as a mother even though you didn't physically birth them hallelujah they begin to sense and they begin to see the power of a mother's love the power of her compassion her concern and care the power of her prayer the power that God amen addresses this godly mother with and adores this godly mother with that not just mothers have I don't say that to be offensive I don't say that to be ugly but there is a vast difference between just a mother. Let me say this. I told a young man one time, I said, anybody can father a child, but not anybody can be a father. And it's the same way with a mother. Anybody can mother a child, amen, far as in birth. Hallelujah. But nobody, not just anybody and everybody is going to be a mother. And especially, and I'm putting emphasis this morning on a godly mother. There is a vast difference between the two. And we can see it even in times like we're facing here with the coronavirus, how that mothers now have to take it because now they're home. Hallelujah. It's changed Maybe they was a working mother, but now they had to be at home. And they're being home with their children. They're being there now hour upon hour. But yet now they come up with creative ways. Amen. To, to fill in the voids and fill in the empty places. That may be through prayer. That may be through Bible stories. I can't tell you the times that my own, my own wife, she would take our grandbabies. And she would either sing the songs and make up stories. And, and Annalyn often, especially her, amen. But she, would, she loves to hear stories. And she loves for Grammy to make them up. And so many, many of these 
these stories would be made up out of the Bible. And she would tell her these stories or sing them unto them. Hallelujah. And you'd be shocked how, they, how it impact them and how it begins to, to inscribe and put, begin to put into their little hearts and their little minds. And how that you'll sing them, see them when they're out playing and they begin to play, not necessarily church, but just playing. But in the routine of playing, amen, she begins to rehearse. It may just be portions and parts of these little songs and these little stories. But as she heard, heard them time and time again, she would begin to rehearse them. And there's no way that you can rehearse them, amen, without, amen, them begin to penetrate. And the reason and the meaning behind them and the effect that they'll have upon you. The society of its ever needed godly mothers, it needs it today. It needs godly mothers that can stand in the gap. It needs godly mothers that will stand up in the edge. It needs godly mothers that will tell the world that's trying to shape our daughters and trying to shape our sons that this is not the pathway to take. The party way is not the way to go. The way of money and influence and positions in the world is not the way to go. What's more important above everything else is the call of God and serving God above everything else. Living godly and wholesome and upright in this present world. Presenting our bodies holy and acceptable unto God. Godly mothers, let me reassure you again this morning. Don't you ever be ashamed of your uncut hair. Don't you ever be ashamed of wearing your godly attire. Amen. You're a representation of God Almighty and the call of God and godly mothers. And I'm telling you, our world needs it. Not an easy task. It's a challenge. That challenge has increased and increased even more, even among us as Pentecostals, even among the one God apostolic Pentecostal people. The lines are, are broadened up, the landmarks are moving. That was not the intent of God, and you can't find it in the Word of God. If it was a sin, amen, 50 years ago, especially if it's Bible now, if it's written in the Word of God, and you can find it. And I don't have to be careful here where we draw lines, but modest, amen, modest apparel, amen, is very important. And I didn't really mean to get on that on the start, so let me back back up and start. Amen, right here at the beginning, it was a God's ideal, wasn't a man's ideal. There was a search made in Genesis, the second chapter, amen, whatever he said, it wasn't good for man to be along and after that search was made and all that was created up to this time was named there was not a suitable helpmate that was found a helpmate that can come along a side amen and work with the man to accomplish and achieve things now remember this one amen to come up with this idea said it wasn't good for man to be alone you got to understand that four thousand years from this moment and from this time god was going to need not a man god didn't need a man but he was going to be searching the world, looking for a little maid, if you please. A little virgin, hallelujah, if you please. That was willing to put everything that she was looking for and dreaming for and put it on the back shelf. Nevertheless, at thy word. I've never known a man. I don't know how this is going to unfold. God didn't need a man. He needed a woman. But not just any woman. Not just any but one that was willing to commit and dedicate and sell out. The one that was willing to take the mockeries, amen, to ride and to walk through the cities and just watch the neighbors as they would suppose they knew what happened. And were they gossiping, but they just didn't know. <laughs> one that was no doubt possibly Bible don't make it real clear. We do know that Joseph was a just man. It wasn't his will and desire, amen, to make her a public example. So from all accounts, he really loved Mary. 
But he just had a hard time dealing with this situation that now she was expecting. Even though he knew he had not known her at this point in time, but neither had any other man. But even Mary at this point in time leaves it in the hands of God to work it out. I don't know. The Bible's not real clear. But I have a feeling that she didn't really argue with him and debate with him. She just said, this is the way it is. This is what happened. But God gave Joseph a dream. Sent an angel and a dream to him. But she was willing to take that chance. She was willing to give herself and give her body. Oh, what a battle over the bodies today. Hallelujah. It's her body. She ought to have a right to do with it what she wants. And she doesn't want to carry this child. She ought not have to carry this child. But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Inside the will of God or outside the will of God, conception will never take place. Hallelujah. Without the hand of God. And there is a purpose and a reason for that. And who only knows except God. You and I do not know whenever there. I can remember a time we didn't know what we was going to get until we got it. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Today, amen. Hallelujah. It's changed so much. But praise God. And I'm not against none of that. I'm just simply telling you how it is. Hallelujah. The conditions and the chances. Hallelujah. The medical fields have come so far. And it's to our good, not to the bad. But I'm telling you, there, there was those times. And God, amen, would give this mother, hallelujah, a precious child. A child that would depend so much upon a mother. My own, my own daughter stayed up pretty much of the night, amen, because of her little daughter. that was sick and wasn't able to be with us this morning. So it's this mother that I'm talking about, this godly mother, that can find a strength and energy and a skills and talents and ability. Amen. It's not only in mothers, but you see it in grandmothers. Hallelujah. That's, that's willing, amen, to make the ultimate sacrifice for their children them to see them fashioned and shaped and formed but we're living in a world today and because of the prince of the air that's twisted the way the people think and especially women sometimes hallelujah fashion their own children hallelujah the ways and the fames of the world to make them amen their sons to become maybe great athletes and great leaders of the world for the money or maybe their daughters amen to follow after the styles and the fashion the shapings after barbie dolls but i'm here to tell you god's interested in something far more important than that let me tell you something ladies and gentlemen and Godly mothers, you're fashioning, shaping your little darlings, and it ain't a dead end road. It's not a road that's going to fall off the cliff, but you're shaping and fashioning them, amen, for a life eternal. There's a far difference between the two. If you gain the whole world and lose your soul, please tell me what you've gained. Too many times, too many times, our world overlooks the influence and the power. Of a mother. I got a great host here. I want to try to preach quite a few verses. There's a lot, probably 10 times more in the scriptures about mothers. Huh. Amen. And the battles and the struggles. So we're here to lift you up today. We're here to give you thanks today. We may not can we may not can connect and and be social as we would like to. But with the help of the Lord and the help of the Holy Ghost this morning. I want our mothers to know that before they leave this parking lot here today, that we appreciate you and we honor you today. And we're thankful. There's a many a homes. There's a many a churches. Even some of the very beginnings of in, this, in this good old United States, it was, it was women. It was full of compassion. I would fall on their faces and their knees and willing to work and work day and night to help build churches, help win souls and help labor. 
to bring about what God. Many times where men were too busy doing their own thing, it was the little women that would come and they would make me faithful to the house of God and to the service of God. You know why? Because they received a revelation. They got an insight and it's very important. We're not preaching this to be offensive to no one, so please don't want to be offended by it. But I'm telling you, hallelujah, thank God for godly mothers today. Hallelujah. That hasn't broadened the way, but are still holding on to the landmarks. Are still walking the walk and talking the talk and living the life and making the impact. And we'll tell you something, these godly mothers don't only impact their own homes, but I'm telling you, they'll impact their communities. They'll impact their counties, their state, their nation, and the world. And most of all, and before I get through here today, they have a power and authority that rides with them that I'm telling you that our own president cannot give it to you that no positions amen in places of in the world can position that for you hallelujah but with your uncut hair you got a power and authority with the angelic host hallelujah you can pull down some strongholds and you can bind some things and pull up some things hallelujah only heaven's got the record of how many prayers that was made by a mother and a grandmother at the midnight hour that kept amen a child amen out of that wreck out of that dilemma out of that situation it was called the faithfulness of a grandmother and a mother you think I'm fooling about this ask the apostle Paul Paul wasn't the one that shaped Timothy he gave the credit back to a grandmother and mother and their faithfulness that started in there before it's ever bred and put into their boy you got it and don't you sell it it's not for sale no positions under no pressure that includes family man I'm telling you I'm not following I'm on <laughs> hallelujah but your godliness and being a godly mother hello you don't sell it for a son you don't sell it for a daughter you don't sell it for a husband and you don't sell it for a brother or a sister you don't sell it for nobody you're right Hallelujah, I'm warning you. We're in the end time of the Bible warned us. Jesus Christ warned us that in the end time, there'll be division even in the homes. But thank God for godly mothers that are willing to put up the fight and stand a man in the gap. So let me carry on here as we begin to look at this. And I done mentioned to you how this unfolded and how she was named Eve now. It was our focus verse and she became the mother of all the living. I would like to say, and I want to be careful saying this, but if I was you as a, a girl, young girl, a man, a young maiden, if I was a mother, a man, or even a grandmother, hallelujah, here, even though that you may not can give birth, amen, in the natural any longer, but I would purpose in my heart this morning, and I didn't feel this until I got here and spraying and just going back over it, and it was like this, another part came about this, amen, see, you and I decide, hallelujah, not I, but you as a mother, hallelujah, you will decide to be a mother of the living or a mother of the dead. We'll let that one sink in a minute. How often possibly have you prayed, God, you didn't give me this baby to go to hell? You hold on to that. You keep praying it. Yeah, you watch this. God's following those prayers up. Hey, I'm just following the Holy Ghost. It's not notes. I'm just going to. God's following that up. And after you're dead and gone, it could be 10 years down the road somewhere. All of a sudden, God starts pouring those. 
Those faithful prayers of a mother, those faithful prayers of a grandmother. Hey, I can't tell you at funerals I preached at mothers and grandmothers that I've had that I met children and grandchildren walked up said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Hallelujah, I always depend on my mother's prayers. I always depend on my grandmother's prayers. And I tell them now it's time for you to take up the sack and honor those prayers and become, begin to obey them and follow up on them. Hallelujah, I'm telling you, don't never, amen, sell it out. Just because you don't see the results, amen, the moment, the time you want to see them, I'm telling you, God, God, I'm telling you, he's got the balance. Hello, he measures it out right. He's the one that taught us in this book about balance and weighing things out and doing things right. So you don't worry about it. You do your part. God will take care of the rest of it. We could see where different times and different struggles and how important it came and at times in the scripture of a mother uh, to birth, you got to understand the power of birthing of that child, of what that child is going to be. You, especially in Genesis, you, we see this often. We see this from Sarah herself. Amen. The promise that was given years and years before, and she was bearing, she wouldn't have any children. You know the story of Abraham and Isaac. But uh, in Genesis 17 and 18, the promise is given to her. And this is from the Lord. I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. <laughs> wow. Well, when you really start looking at the scriptures and understanding the power of them, you begin to understand really what's transpiring and what's taking place and what could be happening in the child that I'm birthing. So here we understand that actually nations were born by women. Children at God's hand would help shape and mold and fashion. Even though there was times such as with Hagar. And we see the young man by the name of Ishmael. And how that, hallelujah, praise God. And we see even a nation he became. And it's been a warfare, but yet. So that tells me there's sometimes some births takes place, even though it's fulfilling the purpose of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And things that are going to unfold and happen upon this earth. Even from the beginning, he knew this. So, you know, whenever he said it wasn't good for man to be alone, it wasn't just all about the man. Hallelujah. But if man was ever going to have salvation, we was going to have to have a mother. We was going to have to have a little God was going to have to have a man, a little lady, a man that he can trust and put his trust in. That the Holy Ghost can oversee and bring forth the lamb. That lamb being none other but Jesus Christ himself. Amen. That she was willing to take on the challenge. She was willing to take on the burden. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. How often does it looked at in this day and time? You know what thing that's wrong with our society? And please don't be offensive when I'm fixing to say this is not to godly mothers, but this is to mothers, amen, that don't want to take on the burden. They don't, don't want to take on, hallelujah, the responsibility they want to take on amen because you see hallelujah you can't take these little darlings especially hallelujah in the first hallelujah 20 years and I say 20 really amen about 10 or whatever hallelujah but you can't just uh, you know they can't just be birthing hey there they are they're, no no if you leave them there they're going to die they got to have somebody that's going to nurse them they got to have somebody that's going to minister to them they got to have somebody amen that attend to them that'll cover them that'll watch them it's got to be like that little hen that little hen that knows how to give that cluck she gives that little cluck, them little bitties. <laughs> All they know to do is come and get under mama. Because mama will give her life. Mama will make the ultimate sacrifice. 
Mama knows what's best. I, I don't know what that shadow that just went over me was all about. I don't know what that spirit, amen, that just tried to guide me. But Mama said, you better come here. Come on, I preach it to us. Hallelujah. Thank God for godly mothers. The only hope of the church is have godly mothers. The only hope, amen, for revival is have godly mothers. The only hope, amen, to have powerful young people is to have godly mothers. It's got a ripple effect. Why do you think you're on such a battle now? Why do you think there's so much struggle? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to say this. This probably won't go over good. You weren't created to be a sex symbol. That's from the pits of hell and out of the lust of men. But that's not out of God and where he fashioned and formed us. Amen. He fashioned and formed you to birth children. Hallelujah. And birth them and then to raise them and nurture them. Hallelujah. In the admonition and the nurture of the Lord God Almighty that he can raise up kingdoms. Hallelujah. That he can raise up a people. That he can raise up, amen, a people that love him and have fellowship with him. see this happening a man with the 12 tribes of Jacob even though it was four different women how would you like to tend to that household <laughs> praise God I'm glad I don't if I did I'd build four different houses maybe five I'd build one for all four of them and they're my own <laughs> No, I'm just going on, folks. I love you. We love our godly mothers. I'm telling you right now. They're, 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 they're toting a load for us. There's other events and times, and I done made mention of this, such as a time with Lot's two daughters. You know the story. I'm not even going to go into it. You know what happened, what transpired there. But two nations was brought out of that, that way of reasoning and thinking, coming out of that city. What had helped fashion and form them. Even their mother. The pull of that city. And come on, let's be, let's be honest. I mean, she left some sons. Possibly some daughters. Possibly some grandchildren in that city. And the pull of it. But she turned. Become that pillar of salt. This is not a time to turn. God a mother. This is not a time to give up. This is not a time to let up. This is not a time to even let your own homes become an avenue for the enemy. Amen. Through the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Begin to captivate and take a hold of your little darlings and shape and inform them and mold them. I'm telling you the, that responsibility, there is a great responsibility on dads, but if you watch it close, amen. The father's the one that has to go out. He's the one to earn the money and make the bread, but it's the mother. Amen. The Bible's clear. He makes it could cause her the manager of the household the managing of the money and the, the things of that nature but most importantly hallelujah and I'm going to talk about the 31st chapter of Proverbs before we get through here this morning hallelujah and what a beautiful layout amen of a, of a godly woman now personally my own personal opinion I, well I'm gonna, I'll get to that in just a few minutes but we see some things that really begin to unfold and begin to take place but we're called on to how to treat them and how to honor them and how to respect them we have several scriptures in the 
the Word of God that's very plain. It's, it's real plain in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. It's very plain in the Old Testament. You can look in Leviticus 19, 1 and 3, and you're going to begin to watch what the Lord speaketh to Moses, saying, speaketh to all the congregation, the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Boy, we shout and we get all beside ourselves, and rightly so, and we should. But watch what's the next thing and element that he deals with and subject him. Ye shall fear every man his mother. Every man. That fear actually means reverence. Falls right in connection. Amen. With holy and be holy. What a powerful statement. Huh. To fear, to reverence, to give honor, to show respect. I may not take all the time because I got several scriptures here, but we're going to look at some of them. Exodus 20 and 12 has taught us, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. It's the first promise. Watch him again, Exodus 21 and 15. And he that smiteth his father or his mother, there's a warning here, there's a warning, shall be surely put to death. Oh, we'll just turn our society upside down today. Hallelujah. Oh, I know that some say, well, they deserve it and this. We always look for escapes. We always look for reason to, you know, to get by our actions. And I'm talking about in the world that we're living, not necessarily to us as a local assembly here. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you. And I can say this with all honesty and purity of my heart. It never crossed my mind. And I know we're living in a different world. I know we're living in a different season and a different spiritual battle. I understand that. I understand the effects that drugs and alcoholism have made its effect upon our families and the outcomes of it. Hallelujah. And mothers have not been exempt from it. I'd love for them hallelujah, had a hedge around them that they never got involved. There was one time even in this country, it was the dads, amen, that was going to be alcoholics. It was the dads that was going to go out and carouse. Hallelujah. But now, amen, because dads didn't turn from it and make a stand against it, it began to make its way into our, our mothers and our wives. And now we see an effect, amen, upon the whole household. And they won't stop there because now it's weeding its way into our children. Hey, I'm preaching to you but the only hope they got is a mother that's going to be faithful. A mother that's going to be sold out and understand that I got a God that can hear my prayers. I got a God that I can live for and live for him. He can do things that I can't do. He can perform things that I can't perform. Don't underestimate the power of a godly mother. Before this thing's over with, it may be, we sung, just sung the song. Testimony. Who's going to be a testimony? Brother McCain taught us to have a testimony. You've got to endure the test. Sometime that enduring. Man, there's, that's where it's at. He that endures unto the end. The same shall be saved. You can see as you slip right on in to... To Matthew 15, 4 and 6, and God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother. And he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. Could it be that some of the reasons that we're battling some of the spiritual things that we're battling today? Because Proverbs warned us and taught us that, you know, when when people sin and judgment doesn't come quickly, they feel like, well, it must have been all right. They justify it and they just go on their merry way. But, but I'll tell you something. I don't believe God's ever changed his mind about honoring and respecting. And I'll be honest with you this morning. I'm not the ideal one. 
I'd love to have done a lot better job than I've done in the past 40 years. And, and even, but with my own mother, my own dad, let me say this. I mean, you don't really realize it until you get older and you start looking back and you realize how precious those parents really were and how much of a price they really paid at times. Raised with five boys, working with one income. Amen. Hey, some days, I, I, as I look back at it, I wonder, I, I don't know how we've done as well as we've done. But Mama knew how to manage. She knew what it was. I, I, I tell them all the time, I said, hey, the school system wouldn't like my mama. She went to town on Friday. And she didn't go any other time. So if you wanted anything for the next week, you'd go get it Friday. If you didn't, it'd be the next Friday. The only reason we went to town outside of that was go to funeral homes or the hospital. Other than that, we didn't go to Loosedale. And that's just the way it was. <laughs> they knew how to manage. They'd have automobiles that would be 10 years old and still wouldn't have 100,000 miles on them. Well, that's a shock, ain't it? That's a shock. Now, take it. Daddy didn't drive it to work. He rode a van. So that made a world of difference. Still... She didn't just ride the roads. She didn't waste money. She taught us, when you get through brushing them teeth, you cut that water off. When you walk out of that room, you shut that light off. You don't stand there and hold the refrigerator door open. All those just little things. But I'll tell you something. Those little things like that begins to build things inside of you. Starts putting principles and puts, puts things inside. I, I've watched it. I, I, I hate to be honest. Just let me be honest here. I could tell a man, a man, by the way he works. If he really paid attention, if he had a mother that really wanted to put something in him. See, a man that really wants to work and accomplish things, he don't waste moves. He makes every move count. He thinks ahead of time, especially after he's done it a time or two. He doesn't waste time. He doesn't, he doesn't just, you know, leave one little object over here and pick up one little object walk over here. He don't show up at work without a, a, a belt, a man, to have tools on him. He, no, he's going to have something that he can have his tools at hand. Because he understands and realizes it takes time to walk over here and pick it up. And then when you lay it down over here, it takes time. You can't find it. It's somewhere else. And you, is anybody getting this now? Let's talk about that spiritually. Thank God for godly mothers. Hey, man, that their children can hear them pray in the early hours or the midday or the midnight. And whenever crisis comes, hey, man, instead of getting all panicky and getting out of control, hallelujah, they can fall on their knees in prayer and supplication. And they know that all of heaven's going to show up. They know they got a God that's going to move on the scene. They know a God, a God that I've been serving and being obedient to. I got a power like nobody else on the face of the earth. I got a power with the angelic host. So this is the reason I believe the scriptures taught us not only in the old but in the New Testament to honor and to respect our mothers. Even you can go to our own apostle, the apostle Paul's writings to Timothy. He said in 1 Timothy 5 and 4, But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show pity. Pity simply means to be tenderhearted at home and to requite or quit, amen, which means to pay back, amen, their parents. For that is good and acceptable before God. And in everything you do today to honor your mother, let me tell you something. That's acceptable to God. Not only do they deserve it, but that's pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. It brings about, amen, his blessings and his favor upon us. Could it be even we as America have let some of these things slip away from us? 
the honor and the respect. And so now that leaves a voidness. That leaves a breakdown in the wall for the enemy to make his way in. But watch this. As a nation even, it even affects godly mothers because they got to deal with the same spirits, the same attitudes, the same conducts. This is one of the areas where technology is, is warring against us so severe. It's because now they're exposed to so much with just a touch of a button to watch what everybody else is doing and listen to their opinions. Kind of like whenever Jeroboam, amen, when he's listened to the young instead of the elders and took the wrong advice. <laughs> I've heard some young people make statements sometimes that, well, so-and-so says you ain't got to do what they say. I've heard some parents talk about other children, especially at certain places where they keep them. And that kid would tell that other kid, said, oh, you ain't got to do what mama says. That's a spirit we have to deal with today. That's an attitude that we have to deal with today. But thank God for godly mothers that just won't give up. That just don't throw in the towel. But they stay on top of it. Hallelujah. To provide and protect their children. Again, you can see in 1 Timothy 5 and 2, I'll back up a couple of scriptures. The elder women as mothers and the younger as sister. This is how we to treat them. This is how we to honor and respect them. To look upon them in this fashion and form. Amen. To show them honor and respect. Well, if you don't think, amen, that uh, that's important. Let's go to John 19 and 26. Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples standing by, whom he loved, and said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then say up key to the disciples, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. After this, watch this, catch this. Jesus Christ is on the cross. He's hanging between heaven and earth. He's within minutes of giving up the ghost and saying it's finished. But before it's finished, and before he can say, and after this, he looks over and there's the mother that birthed him. There's the mother that brought him into this world. There's a mother that tended to him and walked with him. And we're going to bring her up again in his ministry in just a little bit. But let me tell you something. He made sure that mama was going to be taken care of before he departed. God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Was going to make sure that mama was going to be taken care of. And the disciple that he loved the most. He looks at that. But that disciple says, behold, my mother. I want you to take her. And the Bible says from that verse. Amen. John took her home with her. And you know what? Jesus knew with a surety that mama's going to be all right on this earth because John will make sure to it. It's that important to Jesus Christ. Why shouldn't it be important to you and I to show respect and honor and make sure that mamas are taken care of? It's in the book. It's in the Bible. Let's honor them. Let's respect them. Hallelujah. At least give it our best. Remember, I mentioned Lot and the two daughters. Moabites was one of the nations that was born out of this relationship that ought not have been. But watch this. When you go to the book of Ruth, and I'm just going to touch this. But Ruth came out of that Moabite. Young lady, maybe you're out there this morning. Maybe you could hear me across these airways. Maybe your mother hadn't been the mother she ought to have been. 
But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to let that be what shapes and forms you. God's the one that instituted motherhood. It was a God's idea from the very beginning. And because it's a God's idea, you can humble yourself unto this great author. And with the help of his grace and mercy and power and his word, can help shape and mold and shape you into the mother that he desires you to be. That even out of your own birthing, can birth some Pauls and Peters and Marys and possibly some Moses and possibly, amen, some Samuels. And we'll talk about them in just a few minutes. Hey, don't underestimate what God can do. Don't let your elements and your surrounding dictate and control don't let the spirit of iniquity amen shape you there is a God in the heavens hallelujah that'll hear your prayer and hear your cry as he did Hagar and move on your behind Ruth did she's willing to forsake all to follow the God of Naomi and it paid off and it paid off when you begin to talk about godly mothers you begin to search the scriptures. There's many examples, and time will not allow us, but we're going to do our best to cover just a few that are very notable, very known to us. But I want to bring them back to our attention here this morning. Amen. There was a time, amen, that after the passing of Joseph, and the Bible instructed us, and I may mention that just in a little bit, just to bring out a few more points. But, but we know that it come a time in Israel's life, and in time as a nation, that uh, God was going to call them out of Goshen. He done told Abraham, the father of faith, he done showed him that hour and time, and it had came that time. And, and because the king that knew Joseph had passed, a man, a new king, I mean, under the rulership of this new king, he began to observe these Israelites, these Hebrew people, I should say. A man, he began to observe them and notice that they was multiplying. Hear that. <laughs> Even under the taskmasters, even under difficult times and situations, the Bible makes it clear that they would multiply, and they did. But here we see that they was not, uh, uh, the decree went out by the king to have all of the children, especially the man children, to be, to be killed, to be done away with, amen, but whatever... Moses was born to a man. His mother, when you look and see in Exodus 2, and where the men of the house of Levite took to wife the daughter of a Levite, and the woman conceived and bared a son, and when she saw that he was what a goodly child, she hid him for three months. <laughs> Let me say this again, and I know I've said it often. But godly mother, don't ever underestimate just because you're not seeing the results that you want to see in your children or grandchildren. But if you'll cover them and hide them in prayer, if you'll cover and hide them in fasting, if you'll cover and hide them in, in obeying the word of God and walking as a godly mother upon this earth, I'm telling you all of heaven is taking notice. I'm telling you the Lord Jesus Christ is looking down and he's taking clear notes and he keeps a report. And I promise you, amen, as, 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 as Moses' mother was able to hide him for three months, I'm telling you, you're able. You're able to hide your little darlings. You're able to hide your little children. You're able to pray over them and, and fast over them and, and live and be an example unto them to keep them from harm's way. Hallelujah. If you'll just stay with it and be committed to it, God can't help you do it. But after three months, it became where they were not able to hide. Even this story was so powerful. It's Stephen, the only message that he preached in Acts, it's a speech, a council speech that he's given. That you can read about in Acts, the seventh chapter. Amen. And so we see there that he began to tell them what took place. And, and he says that 
that in the 20th verse of that chapter, in, in which time Moses was born, was exceedingly fair and nursed up in his father's house for three months. Sister Judy, don't underestimate as a foster parent. Some of them, you may not get them, but a day or two, a month or two, possibly a year or two. But don't underestimate the power, the influence. Three months. Three months. Now, we know that he was brought back and she raised him. But we see here that Stephen makes it clear the nourishment that took place. This mother knew the importance of the first few months of being with mama. I don't want to get to, to whatever here, but uh, I don't, of course, with Heath, it wouldn't, but anyway. Uh, now they have a time, and boy, it frustrates a lot of people when they go down there to be a part of the celebration when a child's born. And, and uh, now they have learned, apparently, it's important for that, that child to, to bond with that mother. And they will give that mother and child and dad for about an hour with no visitors, nobody. And, and they call it bonding. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Could it be that that's the reason they was willing? And, and Scripture goes on and it helps us to understand why. How, how did all this take place? Well, Hebrews helps us out with this. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child. And watch this next statement. And they were not afraid of the king's commandments. We cannot be afraid or fearful in the generation and the hour that we're facing today, godly mothers. As a godly mother, you got a source and a power and authority that rules and reigns above all governments and above all powers, including the prince of the air. Amen. And hallelujah with that assurance. Amen. To help you and guide you and comfort you and strengthen you. Hallelujah. To live a life that's upright and holds and pleasing to God and make an influence upon your children. To make an influence upon your grandchildren. That's the reason I just hold on. How you gonna do that? By faith. Hallelujah. I may not see the results I want to see, but by faith. I'm gonna practice, amen, what the Word of God instructed me. I'm gonna be obedient as a godly mother. I'm not worried about what the world thinks about it. They can mock, they can make fun of it, but I don't have to paint my face. I don't have to attire or arrange my hair. I don't have to wear a certain a tie. Amen. Amen. To influence anybody. Hallelujah. Only one I need to glorify and to cover myself with is the meekness and quietness of God Almighty. I'm going to go to that in just a few minutes. We see how important it is now. And even the time that we're living, the hour we're living. Watch what the Bible's taught us. Psalms 118 and 6. The Lord is on my side. I will, fear, I will not fear what can man do unto me. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. If you look up the word dismayed, it actually means to destroy the courage or resolution of my exciting dread or apprehension. You see, the devil wants everybody to get all out of sort. devil wants everybody to become full of anxiety. And it's a tool and a means to rob you of your faith, of your soundness. But godly mothers have nothing to fear. No man, no government, no powers and authorities of that nature. We're going to respect them. We're going to be obedient to them. 
We're going to stay in the landmarks the best we can until they get outside the landmarks of the Bible. But as long as we're doing what God wants us to do, folks, we don't have nothing to be afraid of and fearful of. God's got it. God's with us. God's got it, godly mothers. When you go back to that story with Moses, the creed it went out, the rule it went out, and told those Egyptian housemaids or housewives, amen, whatever they was called, amen, midwives, amen, to, to, they would be the ones that would go and tend to these Hebrew ladies, amen, to giving birth. And so when they was questioned about why they wasn't doing it, they, listen, listen to their response. You may want to write this one down. Exodus 1.19. The midwife said unto Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as, as like the Egyptian women. Godly women is not like worldly women. We don't have to have those things to satisfy us. We don't have to have the glamour of the world. <laughs> Besides that, now watch this. Could it have been because of the task they was under and the struggle they was under that when it came time for birthing, where it normally took about six hours or 12 hours or whatever in that day of time because of their strength, because of the task they'd been under and the pressure they'd been under and makes another mud and doing things of that nature. Instead of taking six hours, they could birth them children in two hours and be back on their feet doing what they needed to be because, amen, God had helped, amen, the, the task that came again to help shape and mold and make them. Could it be that God had taken, amen, of what he's allowed to take place is to help shape and mold the church and having some of the greatest revival she's ever had because now, amen, under the struggle, that we're in, we're going to become stronger and more powerful and closer and godly mothers and we're going to produce godly children. God could do a quick work in the end time. Where it may have took the church, amen, two weeks to get to and all of a sudden in one night he gives the church a hundred because a mother has the strength now to to nurture them, to protect them, provide for them. Thank God for godly mothers. If you go out throughout the scriptures, mothers is related to as nations, cities, and even the church is related unto many times and likened unto a mother. Thank God for godly mothers. I'm just going to mention this one. You know the story well enough. <laughs> Thank God for mothers that's willing to help give counsel. When it came time for Jacob, Isaac was going to die. He'd sent Esau off of Vinson. It was a mother that heard it. It was a mother's idea that knew how to respond to this situation to bring about God's will and God's purpose. How do you know that? Because God had spoke to her before the two children was ever even born of what was going to transpire, what was going to take place, and what was going to happen. And how the older would serve the younger. And with this insight, 
You know, and some may say, well, that was deceiving, that was this. But she, she was the one that came up with the idea of how, to, how for Jacob to. She was the one to get the two kids. I'll fix them. I'll fix them the way he loves them. I'm, I'm the one that she wanted to come up with the idea of putting a lamp skin on and, and putting it, saving and left that coat provided and waited at the right moment time of Esau's to wrap it around him and, and put all this in motion, put all this into action. Well, you may want to argue with me, but uh, if you go to Hebrews 11 to 33, the Bible says, some attain promises by faith. This is a promise that was given. And now, amen, Rebecca sees this fulfilled by knowing what actions to take. Not any normal mother you would think would take their own son that was only three months old and put him in, a, in the bulrush, in a little ark, and put him in, in the flags in the river. But when you're a godly mother, you're hearing a voice that's beyond reasoning of carnality and reasoning of flesh. Things that don't make no sense in the eyes of carnality and flesh. But in the eyes of God, God brings about His purpose and brings about His will. It's through godly mothers that God had to depend on to birth and to put into actions and bring about such things as this as you begin to study the Word of God. Thank God this morning. I know you're tired of me here saying that, but thank God this morning for godly mothers. Where would we be today? <laughs> Could it be as a Marine said, we just need a few good men? Could not, could not be said. We just need a few good godly mothers to turn this thing around. We just need a few godly mothers, amen, can make all the difference, amen, in our community. And a few godly mothers, amen, in our nation. Hallelujah, can turn and, and give me a, 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 a token, amen, to the rest of the world. Say, this is the way it ought to be done. This is the way it ought to be done. Follow us and we'll show you how this really ought to be done. Thank God for godly mothers. I could go some more. I'm going to bypass some of these. I could talk about Hannah. I could talk about others. Amen. That their prayers to have children, it wasn't for their own pleasure, but to give them back to the kingdom of God and the service of God. Amen. You know the story. But I want to go to the writings of First Peter. We're talking the third chapter. In this chapter, the previous chapter, if you go and look at the second chapter, you're going to see it's all about his writings at this point in time. And this first letter is about submission. Talking about their servants unto the masters and, you know, things of this nature. And the master unto the servant and the right things. And then the third chapter picks up. And it's actually a writing, but it's still, he's still writing about submission. But, but I want you to pick up on something. The submission that he's talking about in that second chapter and third chapter is not something. It's going to have to be free will. It's going to be something of your own choosing. God's not going to force any of us. He's not going to make anybody. But you and I as individuals have to make up our own minds and hearts. And, and what we set out to do to be pleasing to God is unto the Lord. And in this third chapter you're going to begin to read. and You begin to see how Peter addresses the wife. Amen. And her role and her part. Amen. In this, in this, even in this New Testament, amen, it's, it's unfolding and taking place. And Paul, Peter's writings there says, Likewise, ye wise, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Word of God is the only thing that's settled in the heavens. It's unchangeable. But he likens the conversation 
of this believing wife that humbles herself and submits herself unto the same likeness and power of the Word of God itself. Don't underestimate the power and the influence and the authority of being a godly mother. Don't you listen to those lying spirits. Don't you listen to our society. Don't you listen to all that. You hold on to it. You keep living it. You watch what he begins. While they behold your chast conversation compelled with fear. This fear is nothing but a reverence unto God and liken it to God. Whose adorning, let it not be that of the outward adorning of plaiting of the hair. Which was likened to weaving in of gold and the arrangement of hair in a way in a manner that would be not necessarily godly but ungodly. Trying to attract the attention of the world and the attention of others. Trying to impress others. And of wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel. So don't let that be. Don't let it be that outward appearance that you put your focus on. You, you spend your effort in tune, your time and energy on. Oh, we got to do it. And it's right. And, but let it be what? The hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. I just wonder how often we hear that preach. You know, we hear people, we, we all the time, myself probably included, preach a lot about the apparels and the gold and the silver. But you know what? That's not the meat of these verses. Right here where I'm at is the meat of these verses. I mean, whenever she's going to put on that ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Meek here actually means just to be tender or to be gentle. Which is in the sight of God of great price. Not in the sight of man, but in the sight of God. As he watches he beholds. As he watches you as a godly mother goes about her business. Tending to the affairs upon this earth. With all the elements that may war against you and battle against you. But you just persevere. You just press on. You just keep it. For after this manner in the old times. And notice. The holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham. Now watch this. It was Abraham that come back and said, Hey, God spoke to me. We're leaving. We're going. Not obedient, she followed. She humbled. She submitted. She believed. I can only imagine the morning when he come back in and said, Isaac... Myself and a couple of lads are going to worship the Lord. And you got to remember now, Sarah has been around a long time. She knew what it was going to take to go worship. She knew that the wood, the knife, and the fire, but there was something missing. And by this time, it's my wife tells me often, I can read your mind. <laughs> and often she can. She looked into Abraham's eyes. She knew that is Isaac going to be that sacrifice. Maybe not saying a word. But because she trusted not just the man. But she trusted the God of the man. And now because it was the God of this man that brought Isaac. Not Abraham. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me this morning? 
It wasn't Abraham that brought that promised child to Sarah. It was God. And it wasn't this man that was going to take this promised child. And it wasn't this man that was calling for this promised child. It was God that gave him. And now this godly mother, she stands quietly. And watches them leave out. But in her own heart, mind, and spirit, and faith knew, I'll see them come back. There was another time of another mother that pondered many times the sayings of the man called Jesus Christ. Even though she had birthed them, even though she may not have understood everything as it unfolded and had to deal with the pain and agony. Come on. She, as she watched him as they beat him and beat him to a pulp. To the point that she couldn't even recognize her own son that she had birthed into this world. But she knew where he came from. She knew that this would be the one that's going to conquer death. This is the Lamb of God. This is God's son, not mine. I was just a vessel, but a godly vessel. Are you hearing me today? vessel. A godly vessel in this hour. A godly mother in this hour. They would not put the spirit or the actions or would not but oh, oh I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to come to the house of God anyway. It's not easy but I'm going to go. It's not easy to dress. It's not easy to walk but, but I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to give guidance, instructions. I'm going to lay with it. Scriptures I want to leave you with today as we deal with the terms that's been spoken here. What's this? Ornaments, the inward part, the heart, seat, the place of emotions, the place of decisions, the place where actions are taken, where they're birthed, where they come forth. Listen to what he's telling us. This is not just for mothers, this is for all of us. King's daughters is all glorious inside. It's not the outward. It's important. It plays its role. But it's that inward adorning that makes you that godly mother. That 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 puts you in a place. It causes you to stand out in the times of pressure. Times of battle, the times of struggle. It's that inward sense in you that causes you to step in the gap, that causes you to step between the, the owl or the hawk, amen, that causes you to make that cluck and spread your wings out. It's, it's, that, it's that that's in you. It causes that mother that we've heard the stories. I believe if my mind serves me right, Brother Barry made mention of this story several months ago about the little daughter that had a mother. It had come time in the school time that's going places. And, but her mother had been scarred. She had been burnt and disfigured. And now that this daughter got older, she became not, maybe not so much, maybe, but just a little ashamed, just a little embarrassed at the appearance because the way people would look at them. And so now she, she was hesitant. She didn't want her mother. Finally, it was brought to somebody's attention. And 
I don't remember how all the story just unfolded here, but I remember this part of it. They simply asked her, said, have you ever asked your mother how she acquired those scars? Have you ever asked her what brought that upon her? I believe it'd do you well to go home and ask her. And sure enough, when she goes home, that mother begins to have to reveal the story how that she was just a child and caught in a fire in a trailer, I believe it was, burning up. And this mother makes her way into that burning building and scoops up that little baby and brings it. And it cost her to be disfigured. Please hear me this morning. It's godly mothers that'll stay up at the nighttime in prayer and supplication. It's going to make a difference for a son or a daughter or maybe grandchildren or possibly a church or possibly a community and may even be the avenue of overcoming this coronavirus or maybe the one that's keeping it out of your family and keeping it out of your loved ones. It's that commitment and dedication. It's that godly mother that's got power of the angelic host that can call on angels to be dispatched in communities and home. Hey, I'll preach it to us this morning. God's talking to us. Don't underestimate the power of a godly mother. All of a sudden now, that daughter takes on a different perception, different attitude, because now she realized the price that was paid for her. Best I can tell, the only man thing that's going to be in that city is what yours and my debt of sin, the nail-scarred hands inside of the one called Jesus. Somehow we could roll the curtains back and begin to look at godly mothers of even our time, the commitment and dedication they made time after time. We've heard the stories that during the depression and times like that, how mother would take just a little. And I know my time's running out. I could take you to Psalm, Proverbs 31. Amen. And read that whole last chapter. Amen. As, as one's given instructions about a wife and choosing a wife. And then it winds up starting about the 15th verse down to about the 31st verse. And it talks about this little woman that knows how to make deals. That knows how to observe land. And knows how to take and sew and sew things together and sell it. And she, her husband won't be ashamed of her. Amen. Her children won't say they're going to bless her all the days of her life. Amen because she just seems to know what to do. She just needs, seems to know how the insight and the revelation. You know why? Because she's a godly mother. And because she's a godly mother, she's got a power and authority that rides with her that's not just earthly bound. Hallelujah. That knows all the tomorrows and all the weeks to come and to be the pre-warner. Hallelujah. Make an intercessor. Amen. For children and for loved ones. Hallelujah. Make a difference in the outcome of situations and circumstances. Thank God today. It's only one day out of the year that we really set aside give honor unto mothers. But when you really begin to study, you really begin to read, you realize how precious mothers have really been. Unsung heroes. There may be some this morning that's even in our community that may be living in a place that's not the best. Maybe their little girl didn't have money and resources. But maybe she just went out in the yard. And, and like little children to do. If it's got a flower on it, it's got a bloom on it, it could be a weed or a flower. It'll make them any difference. 
If he's got a flower on it, they'll pick it. They'll make your way back in to that little mama. <laughs> and as they present it to that mama, that mama being the mama full of compassion and mercy and grace, she responds to that like it's a million dollars. She just picks her up and hugs her and says, Oh, baby, that's the same. I just can't. A mama's kiss has driven away pain more than Tylenol will ever have a chance. Just that little bit of tension. Just that little bit of love. A little bit of compassion. Meek and quiet spirit. Don't have to be seen. Don't have to be loud. But yes, it has an authority upon this earth that can stop the devil in his tracks. Stop the powers and dispatch angels from heaven and to be disp dispersed upon our land. As they get ready to sing, I'd like to say it to all the mothers and to my wife, and words won't be enough. The price is paid by these these ladies, these great sisters, being committed, being dedicated, being sold out, willing to live a life that's wholesome, pleasing in the sight of the Lord. We thank you today. We thank you for your commitment, your dedication, not only of Separating yourself from the world, but committing yourself to God. To the work of God, and the service of God. How often to sing or to pray or labor and work fixing meals and never really sit receiving not one penny for it. But yet, you serve with gladness. It's that mother a lot of times will pick up on things and notice things. If you go back to the time of the birth of Samson, one of the greatest characters that you read about, a man in the Old Testament, that angel visited his mother. And the best I could tell, you can't find her name. It's not in there. It's not there. But it was this mother that went to her husband and said, I've been visited by a man of God. She thought it was just a man of God. Gives instructions, but watch it. It's this mother that's got to pay the price before Samson is ever even born. She's got to separate herself from the vine. She's got to separate herself from the strong drink. Because the child that you're going to birth is going to be under the Nazarite vial. And so you've got to take on that vial. You've got to take on that cross. She was barren. She hadn't bared the child. It's going to be by faith. And obedience. And sure enough, as she told her husband, he began to treat unto the Lord, and the Lord sent the angel back and visit. And sure enough, and, and you go and read it all. And after the visitation and, and accepting of the sacrifice, it was the husband that come to the place, and, and anxiety overwhelmed him. And he come to the place, say, "We're gonna die." But it was that precious wife and that mother to be steps up to the forefront to that husband and says no no 
he wouldn't have accepted our offering. And he wouldn't have shown and told us all that he showed us and told us. If we was going to die, I'm going to bear that child. Godly mother, you just hang on. You just stay with it. You stay committed. God will see you through it. God will bring it out. We love you. We love each one of you. Appreciate you. We're sorry my wife had got some things, but she felt maybe with all the lights going, we sure, we're going to do some of this. Lord allows us. We, we got Easter candy. i tell you where it's at, but you may decide to come get some. No, I'm kidding. We got the Easter candy stored up. We got gifts for the mothers. All these different things. Hallelujah. And I believe somewhere down the road, and hopefully and prayerfully just shortly, amen, we'll start getting do some of these things again. But out of respect to you and families and the elders, we'll continue doing like we're doing until otherwise. We are planning to have service Wednesday night. We'll have it outside until, uh, and I will. I will run it through the church with the elders and different ones. Uh, we've got to take in consideration before we go indoors. There's more to it than just, you know, uh, I learned a few things yesterday. I didn't know, but I've, I've learned them. And I will take all in consideration as we, we move forward and go into this. I know it's not the same, but uh, we're going to do our best until we can do better. I love you. Appreciate you. I'm going to let my wife and them, the singers, she like to say something or whatever. God bless them. We love them. God bless you. Praise the Lord, all you mothers. Praise the Lord. I know you all look so beautiful. Somebody beeped a horn. And we all have the best mothers in the world. I have an awesome mother who uh, called me this morning. Um, her mind is not functioning too good this morning, but um, I let her know that it was okay, that I will show up to see her and to give her a hug or two. Um, but my mother is a godly, what you would call a true, genuine, godly mother. Um, she raised all of us children, and she taught us the word. She took us to church. And as Brother Moore made mention, do we want to live? Do we want our light to be alive? Or do we want to die? Do we want our light to be darkness um, and not teach our children right from wrong? Or, or use correction to let them know what direction they need to go in? But, you know, I, want, I hope and pray that my life will be like my mother's, that it will be alive and that it will come alive in my children and my grandchildren and those around me I come in contact with to where they'll see and they'll know, hey, my mom is a godly woman. She loves the Lord, and she lives what she teaches us. Um, I don't want my life to be a confusion uh, to my children. I want them to always know that they have someone there that they can come to in time of sorrow and need. It's just like the Lord. We have him to go to. Um, and there are times we have to correct our children, even though they are in their 30s or one at 30. And one in his 30s. He don't like for you saying that, but uh, he's getting closer to 40 every day. But... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, we have to correct them even at that age, you know, to let them know, hey, that's not the direction you need to take. That's not the path you need to take. You need to stop and look at this in a different angle. 
go to God's word. Um, if God's word says it's, you know, it's okay, go for it. But if it's there and it tells you no, no, nay, nay, um, don't do that. So, you know, that's the way I am as a mother for my children, and that's the way I am as a pastor's wife at this church uh, to our youth and some of those that are not in youth, middle age, under me. If you're under 60, you're in bad shape, I guess. Sister Moore gets on to you a good bit, huh, does she? But I do some correcting. I try to do it out of love because I love you, and I want you to know, hey, this is, this is what's best for us at the time until um, I feel otherwise. But um, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. I hope you have a truly blessed and glorious day. And let God live in your hearts and life and shine forth bright to this world so we can show this world, this community, that the life we live is not a dull and boring life. It is a joyous, happy life. And that we're full of joy, full of God's love, and we want them to see and to feel what we have. And that is His love. So we don't really have a Mother's Day song, but we're going to sing a chorus. <laughs> <laughs>